Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. I can only count to four. I can only count to four. I can only count to four. I can only count to. Yeah, I'm just going to hit record now. Awesome. Let's go. Welcome to the show. Casey, do you go by Casey or did I just dox you? <laughs> no, no, no. I go by, I, I go by Casey. I'm pretty blasé about uh, people knowing who I am. I guess my if I have a if I have a handle, it's uh, Rotomore or Rod Armor, which is my last name because it's, it's pretty unique. So I just go by that. Boss. I love it. So today we have on the show Super Testnet. He's going to help us with all the math stuff. I'm, I'm, What's I'm up, super. I find it easiest to call you uh, the ordinals guy because you told me I could. Yeah, or, ordinals guy is also totally fine. That's I love yeah. it. When I heard that, while I was listening to the podcast, I don't know how I found it. Like somebody linked me to it or something, and then Super was calling me ordinals guy, and like I was just made me so happy. <laughs> yeah, but well, you told me it was okay, so yeah, I have, yeah, I have more the approval okay. of the ordinals guy. Use that name. <laughs> yeah. So tell us the ordinals guy. That's an upgrade. <laughs> so t- tell us like what what are ordinals? Because it sounds really boring, Casey. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's not. But like, yeah. what, what are they? And why are they important? Yes. Yeah. I mean, okay. So important. I don't know about that. Um, but like, really, the whole thing is like kind of like a fun art project, and you know, like we'll see what happens with it. Um, but yeah, so ordinals are serial numbers for Satoshis. Uh, they start at zero with the first sat of the Genesis block and go up to approximately 2.1 quadrillion because that's how many sats there ever will be. 21 million Bitcoin times 100 million sats per Bitcoin gives you 2.1 quadrillion. Um, So yeah, and there's like a very simple algorithm for how to... How the, how how they're mined and then how they're transferred. So you you put serial numbers or not maybe not you I don't know who did but <laughs> there's serial numbers attached to satoshis is that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's it's really simple. So they're just assigned in the order in which they are mined. So you can you think of the Genesis block. The Genesis block was the first Bitcoin to come into existence, and yeah. so that has. Uh, 5 billion sats in it because that's 50 Bitcoin times 100 million. And so those sats get ordinal numbers. Each sat gets a little number and each number is zero through 
uh, 5 billion minus one, like 4999999999999 are created in the Genesis. Nine, 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 nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That, that's, that's, that, that makes sense. Uh, yep. now, now why? <laughs> I guess why? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, look, the, okay. So the, the, wait, no, the I have another question. Okay. Wait, wait, super has a question. There you go. You said yeah, yeah, they're assigned. Who assigns them? Uh, what do you mean? Who assigns them? Like I made up the scheme kind of, I was actually, the people discovered it before me, but I'm an independent discoverer of the scheme. So it's just a, a, a it's a convention. It's a proposed convention slash collective hallucination. So nobody so, really assigns. So whoever it. uses it assigns it. Mm, that's that's mean, how I would say. Uses it. Whoever uses the ordinals like convention. Yeah. Like if yeah, you, I if mean, you have a wallet of, that yeah. recognizes ordinal software, your wallet is assigning numbers to these things. That's right. Yep. Cool. Okay. I guess so. There is no why. Then it's already it was already done. You said that you you well, independently discovered it. What, what do you mean by that? Like what what does that mean? Yeah. So uh, I I I can't. So I guess I'll sort of start at the beginning and sort of ask like why I did it because then it'll make a lot more sense. So <laughs> okay, um, I, I've done a lot of generative uh, digital art in the past. Um, I sort of not I wouldn't call it a career, but I had like a uh, a hobby that took up a lot of time making uh, live visuals, live audio reactive visuals for electronic music, like in like clubs and like performances and stuff like that. Um, so I never did it professionally or made money. I did some shows, but I didn't make any money at it. Um, and so when NFTs came along, especially generative art NFTs, I started to get like serious FOMO as a Bitcoiner. I was like, I would like to be able to issue NFTs. And actually with like my art, uh, because people seem to be like really appreciating the kind of art that uh, I make as, as NFTs. Um, and I looked into, you know, doing it on Ethereum and I was like, okay, maybe I'll just like do some Ethereum NFTs or something. And Ethereum is just like so bad for so many reasons. Like, uh, and, and like, I'm not really a Bitcoin maximalist. Like I really consider like the merits of other projects. You know, I didn't just dis dismiss Ethereum out of hand, but it's like, the security model is terrible. The scaling is terrible. The tools are terrible. Everything is super complicated. It doesn't have basic things like native multi-sig on Bitcoin or like, it's just so bad. Um, and then the centralization, I think is going to, I mean, like I think proof of stake, the transition is kind of going to be a disaster for Ethereum for a bunch of reasons. So it's like, all right, like that's, I can't do it on uh, Ethereum. How can I do it on Bitcoin? Um, and Bitcoin doesn't really have any like non shitcoiny ways to issue like an asset or an NFT on Bitcoin. Um, I think the closest two things that you get are uh, Liquid, which is Blockstream's sidechain, and uh, Counterparty. Um, unfortunately, Counterparty is like it has its own token that you need for certain things on Counterparty, um, and that's kind of like uh, kind of unacceptable to me for like a lot of reasons. Um, so I was like, okay, like how do I do NFTs on Bitcoin in like a real Bitcoin native way? Um, so then I started thinking uh, about a whole bunch of different versions of, of this scheme that eventually became ordinals. Um, and as I simplified it and improved it and improved it and like removed things from it, 
eventually it, it came down to a very, very simple form where you just assign these serial numbers to Satoshis in the order in which they're mined. And there's a very simple transfer algorithm that figures out how they move from UTXO to UTXO as transactions get processed. And when I and, and the purpose is so, uh, or the original purpose was so that I would have some sort of stable identifier that I could attach an NFT to. I could say like, okay, ordinal number, you know, 2,999,000, I'm assigning this NFT to it, like with a digital signature that, that I make. And then anybody who owns that ordinal owns that NFT so that I could make some cool generative art NFTs and do it on like a not shitty chain. That's kind of smart. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty genius, I, right? Or no, or you yeah. said somebody else had came up with it, but that's, that seems yeah, pretty, so, that seems like legit though, right? Well, so uh, it was a case of independent discovery. So after I finished it and kind of it came in its final form, I hadn't been thinking about it as serial numbers. I'd actually been thinking about it as like the first, the first version, it was called Adams. Um, which is crazy because actually in the pre-release Bitcoin core source code, Satoshi had this feature called atoms. Whenever you mined a block, you would like get an atom, but it was totally unfinished. It was totally like, it, and it was removed, I, I think before the, the original release or kind out or whatever. Um, and then it became ordinals. And then I was like, oh, these are like serial numbers for Satoshi. It's like when I had simplified it down to this serial number scheme. And so I finally typed in like Satoshi serial number in Google and the first thing that came up was a Bitcoin talk forum post from 2012, where Johnson Lau, who had later gone on to work on a bunch of different things, including, I think, the SegWit spec, um, he had proposed the identical scheme, wow. like exactly the same. Yeah, he, it only differed in terms of the notation that, that he used. He used a notation which was like block number, dot, and then Satoshi offset in the block. And then I was using this like raw notation where you, it was just like the raw number of the Satoshi in the supply. So just like one big number. But aside from that, the, the, the schemes were like identical. Um, and I think it's because like, if you really try to grind away everything that's unnecessary and like simplify it, it's kind of like very natural, uh, given the way that Bitcoin works. It's like, it's almost like, I mean, I, this is not true, but I like to think mm -hmm. of it that like Satoshi kind of created ordinals accidentally when he created Bitcoin. And then other people have sort of like noticed that you can do it um, over time. So it's, it's kind of like just like finding something that's already there. It's, it's interesting. We were talking about it last night here at Plub Lab and we had uh, some, some Bitcoiners over and, and I was telling them that we we're going to talk today. And uh, we got into this conversation about, like did like, and I think he had just asked it earlier, but like, if we create these, if we, let's say hypothetically, like you, you take like the Genesis block, right. Or whoever has that particular ordinal set, I guess is the word for it. Um, could, could you theoretically like attach, like, let's just call it a JPEG to that set from like a database. Um, but could that stop other people from, I guess, anybody could attach any kind of JPEG to it, right? Or would it only, like, how would that work, I guess? Yeah, so that's actually something that's kind of still in flux. Um, I, I originally was like, okay, I'm doing this for the NFTs. Um, but I realized that, like, people really liked the idea of collectible ordinals. Um, I came up with this, like, kind of, like, 
kind of ridiculous like rarity system, um, which like we can get into later for for ordinals. But um, yeah, so the way that it would work is like let's say I'm some artist and I have a well-known uh, public key. Like people know my public key. I like publish it widely. Maybe let's say my Bitcoin address, some Bitcoin address that I use as an identity. So if I want to issue uh, a JPEG, I just get a JPEG and then I hash it. And then I make a message that contains the ordinal number that I want to assign it to and the hash of the JPEG. And I sign that with my the private key that corresponds to my well-known public key. And then I like put it out there. Like that doesn't need to go on chain. That, you get, that can just go everywhere. So yeah, it, it's that's right. Like anybody can assign something to any ordinal. But presumably, people would only like pay attention to or track the ones that were valuable or interesting. Like it's not like they they have to uh, recognize or keep track of any of the assignments that they don't care about. So, so hypothetically, I could have my public key and then make mm-hmm. thriller art or whatever you want to call it. Yep. And then attach. I mean, there's there's something there. Like I mean, like with the Michael Jackson thriller video, like that kind of like horror Bitcoin kind of vibe. Yeah, so I, I could attach that, uh, I guess, whatever, when I send those Satoshis over to like, let's say you, you also mm-hmm. get that JPEG that I've, that I've created and then it has value, right? And then you could transfer that, those Satoshis to somebody else and then they would have that JPEG or well, it's how, like, like, how does I mean, that like it, the, roughly, roughly you're right. The only thing that is different is that like, it isn't the act of sending the Satoshis that gives the person the JPEG. The message that contains the JPEG and that contains the signature is like public. Like, let's say like you just download it on BitTorrent or you go to like ordinals.com slash like art or whatever, like anybody can see it. The act of, the act of transferring the Satoshis just transfers the sort of ownership of it. Yeah. It's hard to wrap my mind. I think there's something there. Like, I think you're right. It's just like, it's just, I think it's going to require somebody to come in and like do a little massaging and like really explain it out a little bit more simply for, for people to, to fully grasp. But there's, there's something there. It's interesting. One of the reasons that it's super rough is that like, we sort of started doing the NFT stuff, um, the JPEG assignment stuff. And we actually did some, we did uh, some like on Cigna, like just to test it and like make sure the software worked. Um, but we have kind of like, we, like, I haven't been working on that side of it as much. Uh, and so like, I'm not 100% sure how it can work. Like, I know there's a bunch of different ways to make it work. Like, is it a signature? Like who needs to sign it? Like, is it, is it, is it, is it on chain? Is it off chain? Like all that stuff. So it's very much not fleshed out. Um, basically right now, the major things that I'm working on is one is the, is like an ordinals block explorer. So you can click uh, like just on like, like blocks and transactions and then outputs and then ordinals and then see like properties of the different ordinals. Um, which I actually just finished, like I just finished a, like a version of it, which is suitable for demoing maybe like 10 minutes before we got online. I was like scrambling. Uh, so if you want to demo, we could always do that. Yeah. That, so super did it, weren't people trying to get you to make NFTs like last year or something? When I first started at uh, Pleb Lab, one of the projects that I had worked on was something called SigChains, which allowed you to do stable coins and NFTs uh, in a manner similar to Counterparty. Um, 
And there was a guy who offered to pay me some money to make a, uh, a clone of OpenSea that used this protocol I came up with. But I turned him down because NFTs are dumb. <laughs> So NFTs he, are dumb. That's a totally fair criticism. So they, he like went to dinner with them and like, they like, where do they take you? Like somewhere nice, right? Somebody um, wined and dined. Yeah. They, they, they like wined nice? and dined. That was like happy chicks or something. <laughs> oh, it was happy chicks. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> but, uh, they, In fact, like, they, they didn't even, they, they, they turned, uh, when it was time to do that, they were like, uh, they canceled. <laughs> so, but yeah, God. so, so I, there's, there's definitely people out there that, that want, this ability to uh to to do this like there's a lot of artsy people out there that want to that want to attach their satoshis to jpegs and that's that sounds like a way maybe i don't know how far yeah how far have you gone how far have you gone along with it like how far because you did didn't you do a demo i was watching the demo at bitcoin plus plus and you were giving oh, cool, out like huh? 10,000, was it like 10,000 Satoshis like per wallet? Yeah, 10,000 sats on these like paper wallets. So yeah. tell, tell everybody about that. Like, Oh yeah. So, I mean, uh, at BTC plus plus, which is an educational conference organized by base 58, which is uh, nifty nays outfit. Uh, I, uh, gave a presentation on ordinals and I thought it'd be fun if people like minted their own ordinal NFTs. So I made paper wallets. Each one had uh, 10,000 sats and it had the public key on the front and the private key on the back. And it also had the ordinal ranges. It had like lists of the ordinal numbers uh, that were that, that the sats were. So like each one was 10,000. So they had ranges totaling 10,000 ordinals, like start and end ranges. And uh, then at the end of my like talk, I explained how ordinals worked. And then we used my super ghetto software to uh, like issue ordinal NFTs and assign them. Each person uh, created an NFT and assigned it to one of the ordinals in their in their paper wallet. So hypothetically, you could trade the NFT by giving somebody the paper wallet. I mean, as long as the previous person <laughs> didn't write down the didn't write down the pub key. How did people take to it? Um, people liked it. I mean, yeah. like people liked it a lot. Yeah, uh, I didn't get any like negative comments. Like it's, it's weird. I think on Twitter, if somebody doesn't like something you're doing, like they, they, they're super mean about it, but in real life, real life, no one really cares. Yeah. yeah, And people who are not interested, just ignore you and you just get the people who are into it, you know? Plus you gave them 10,000 sats too. So (laughs) that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then also afterwards, uh, like, you know, this is like how me, me and super bad, I was like standing outside in the lobby with like some, with these paper wallets. And I was like, giving them out. And I gave one to super and like, I don't know if I explained what they were. And he's like, can I just take the stats? And I'm like, yeah, go for it. Like, so I, I had actually super was really kind on your podcast to me. So like, yeah, he said you, you're like his favorite guy that he met. That was, yeah, that was, that was heartwarming. I was, was like, what really? <laughs> like he had, he, he met also, like Adam back. He met like all these other guys, uh, Brian Bishop, like Ken Trout. No, no, like, and he, he was he like, said, Nope. The Ordo's guy was the, my favorite person. Yeah. No, no, he didn't say I was his favorite person. What he he said I was his favorite person that he wasn't expecting to meet. So maybe Adam <laughs> Back was like better, but he was expecting to meet Adam Back. So, you know, Adam Back didn't get the mention. You were my unexpected surprise. Oh, Ordinal's yeah, guy. exactly. <laughs> like the toy in the, in the bottom of a box of Cracker Jacks. I really liked um, the, the amount of effort I had to go through in order to redeem those uh, Taproot sets because there's not very many wallets that support Taproot yet and certainly not it also supporting like manual importing of a of a private key 
So I had to figure all that so, out and that was fun. You helped a lot. And I mean, the other problem was that the, the back of the paper wallet, like the way that I had encoded the private key was very much non-standard. Um, the standard way to encode a private key is, is it something called the WIF, which stands for wallet import format. Um, I think I had done something really weird, like just encoding it as the raw hex or as the raw or like using BEC32 or something. Yeah, you did BEC32. Um, yeah, so there was actually like a bunch of totally unnecessary steps that Super had to jump through to like extract the sats into oh, Bitcoin wow. Core. But the 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 cool thing was, is like we were like trying to figure it out and I was like, I don't know, man, like this is hard. And then I like look over and uh, Andy Chow is standing there. And Andy Chow has done like all the work on uh, descriptor wallets and like all this like wallet work. And so we're literally able to just walk over and be like, hey, Andy Chow, like number one <laughs> expert in the world on the thing that we're having trouble with. Like, please explain how we can get these like $2 of sats out of a paper wallet. <laughs> That's awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was really cool. That was probably my favorite part of the conference. Yeah, that was super fun. That's so yeah. cool. You're like, uh, what did you? Because <laughs> you'd normally, like you said, you normally be like, oh man, we're going to have to, you know, figure this out or like maybe reach out to him some other way. And you're like, no, he's right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And literally like, he's literally the person who I think knows the most specifically about this. Like he's done like all the stuff with descriptors. Do you know what wallet descriptors are? Very little, <laughs> but can you explain they're, it? They're sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like um, each wallet, like a Bitcoin wallet, usually you don't just have one private key um, because we don't want to use reuse addresses for privacy reasons. It, it generates a sequence of um, private keys. And so uh, there are a bunch of different ways that you might want to. Oh, yeah. But then let me say, but an HD wallet, like a like a hierarchical descriptor or like a hierarchical deterministic, deterministic wallet. wallet. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you only have one master seed that you have to back up from which all of these private keys are derived um, for convenience, right? Otherwise, each time your wallet generated a new private key, you'd have, to you'd have to back up that private key. But if they're all derived from your master seed, you don't have to do periodic backups. Um, and in fact, Bitcoin Core used to work this way. I don't know if it still does sometimes where it would like generate like a thousand private keys in one go. And then you'd have to like keep backing up your wallet. Otherwise your old backup wouldn't recover your new coins because they didn't have the private keys. Um, so anyways, wallets all use some sort of derivation scheme to go from a, um, a root secret to all of your private keys that then are, are all of your different addresses. And there's a whole bunch of different ways that you might like to do that derivation. Like, are you going to do... Um, uh, any kind of multi-sig? Are you going to use Taproot? Are you going to use SegWit? Are you going to use nat native SegWit? All sorts of different derivation schemes. And so a, a, a descriptor or a wallet descriptor is a sort of text string that exactly describes how the wallet should derive its keys from uh, this one sort of secret. So for example, it'll say like, here's the root secret, and I want you to use this uh, like... HD wallet derivation path. And then I want you to generate um, native taproot addresses, right? Um, so that it's a way of sort of like, it's, it's a way that backs up your wallet and it doesn't just back up the secret. It also backs up the path, describes the path from the secret to all of the addresses that your wallet generates. 
And so that, and so that is a something big thing that Andy Chow has worked on. Wow. Yeah, the only thing I know about them is that I had to take my, after I decoded my private key, I had to put it into a descriptor, which is like this weird string that has parentheses and stuff in it. And then mm-hmm. that was what I had to import into Bitcoin core. And exactly. then I had to sync. Yeah. I had to synchronize the blockchain so that I could find my money. So, mm-hmm. yep, yep, yep. Super. One thing that I was really impressed by at the conference is that uh, we were like sitting in front of your laptop or something and you needed to write something down and you just opened up a web page and then changed one of the elements on the web page to like content editable equals true. And then just started using the web page to like jot down notes. You were like, oh, it'd be inefficient to open a text editor. Let me just repurpose this web page so that I can take <laughs> some notes. It was, it was, it was, it was legit amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who wants five different programs when a browser can do everything? Yeah, so. and also, like, you, we got to save the environment, right? New windows, <laughs> right? I'm sure every time you open a window, like, somebody yeah. clubs, like, a baby seal to death, right? So you got to reuse all your windows. You don't want to be closing you got and separate processes for every program. I mean, you're spinning up threads. I'm, I'm all about conserving energy. I'm just <laughs> going to open up yeah. a new tab, load up Google, and make it editable. That's so hilarious. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, gosh. So I guess, I guess the biggest question is behind the scenes, Casey, like what do you, what do you work on? Like, I know there's the ordinal stuff, but like what else I saw that you had this like really cool website. It was called degenerative art. Oh yeah. Dude. It's uh, so, yeah, or degenerate, degenerate art. art. Yeah. Dude, the website's so cool. We were, we were in here a while ago and we were trying to do some stuff and then like we hit shift and enter and then it just like did some crazy things. But um, uh-huh, yep. well, what is that? What is Degenerate.computer? What, what is this website? It looks interesting. Yeah. Uh, are you on it right now? Yeah. Try uh, going to the drop down in the upper right hand corner and, you hitting your and, and selecting like Kaleidoscope. Yeah, that's the one I'm on right now. And then hit run. Okay, let me hit run. Let's see. Oh, hit run here. Let me hit enter and then run. He already hit run and so nothing's happening. Uh, oh, like he sees a kaleidoscope. I see a kaleidoscope though. No, oh, there yeah. are some is other little, things that I did in, too. In the lower right-hand corner, is there like a toggle box? I think it says rotate. Yeah, yeah. Let me go back to kaleidoscope and then hit shift enter. Yep, run and then hit rotate. Oh, that's cool. Wow. So, so it's, a, it's a generative art engine uh, that is currently scriptable in JavaScript and that runs in the browser. Um, and this is sort of derived, this is like sort of the latest version of the uh, generative visuals engines uh, that, I've been, that I've been working on. Um, the last, yeah, so the, 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 the principle that it operates on is actually pretty simple. Um, it, it is based on a sequence of image filters. And so what the JavaScript is doing is it's uh, configuring a sequence of image filters and then running them. And then the output of each image filter is used as the input to the next filter. Um, and that's how you get, it's like very complicated fractal like um, images as the filters sort of layer on top of each other, you get this like explosion of visual complexity. Um, that's really so cool. It's kind of, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's kind of in a half finished state right now. I, it needs it. The, it's going to start getting really cool 
when I make it audio reactive whoa. and we have some basics. What's up? I said, whoa, that'd be epic. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, like my last uh, visuals engine, it also had uh, like audio reactive, obviously audio reactive visuals and it looked really good. Um, but uh, it's all sort of, it's all like, it's all sort of related. Like I was like, oh, like we got to, I want to make some, I want to sell some JPEGs. I guess I, I got to write a program that makes some cool JPEGs. And then I was like, well, I don't want to do it on Ethereum. So I guess I got to uh, like come up with a way to do JPEGs on Bitcoin. And then I was like, well, ordinals are actually pretty cool in their own right. Like, you know, so it's all, it's all sort of related. Yeah. Fun fact. We're going to do a fun fact today. Fun yeah. fact. Did you know we use ordinal numbers in our day-to-day lives, Super? Did you know that? We use, them, we use them in competitions. The top three positions are first, second, third. We use them in an elevator. We press a button. We go to the sixth floor. We also use ordinal numbers to give instructions. First step, second step, and so on. That's your fun fact right, of the day. Yeah. That was a, bo- that yeah, was a set of ord- boring facts. <laughs> Bro, come on, Super. Come, come on, on, Super. Dude, ordinals are cool. I, I prefer cardinals. I'm sorry. My favorite yeah, types of yeah, numbers yeah, yeah. are. So you- like an ordinal number is like when you use a number to refer to the position of something in something else. Like if it's the first car, you can say, oh, there's one car and that's a cardinal number. Um, and then the first car, then it's using it as an ordinal number. Uh, and the, the Satoshi serial number scheme is, is called ordinals because each uh, sat is numbered by its position in the supply. Like the zero sat, cool. the 10 millionth sat. That's so yeah. cool. And then the other reason they're called ordinals is because the word ordinal isn't used anywhere else in, in Bitcoin protocols. Uh, so it's like unambiguous. Like if you refer to Bitcoin, like nobody's going to get confused. If you refer to ordinals, nobody's going to get confused by something else in the um, Bitcoin protocol. Um, yeah. And then like, so I, I call like ordinals, ordinal sats or like sats that have ordinal numbers that you care about. And then cardinal sats are, are sats that you just care about the amount right? You have like mm. a billion sats, right? All you care about is that it's a billion sats. So this is sort of like cardinal sats. Yeah. Hmm. I guess. So when you, when you got to the art thing, like, cause I know, know we're talking about ordinals right now, but like, yeah. how did you start doing the art thing? Were you already doing art before you, you, you started developing and doing all this kind of stuff? Um, well, so like, yeah, I started doing art a long time ago. Um, I think it was like 2010 or 2011. Um, and I was working at Google, uh, and I was just sort of like a corporate, like my first job at Google was like really stressful. I was sort of, I was a site reliability engineer, which is like a glorified sysadmin, but it's like Google broke and you have to fix it. Uh, oh, wow. And we're losing like a million dollars a second in ad revenue. Like hope you fix it quick. Uh, so that was like kind of stressful. Um, and then I changed jobs to working on Google maps and that was like totally different. All I did was like write JavaScript, uh, for like street view, basically. Um, if you, if you go to street view and you like hover the cursor around, there's this little arrow that appears on the, on the ground that shows mm-hmm. you where you'll go. If you click, I think I made that. I'm pretty sure I made that. <laughs> um, wait, let me ask you so, a quick Google maps question. Is yeah, it true yeah. that certain spots of the world are like blocked off? Like, cause like you can't like show it or whatever. Cause of like certain, things. I mean, I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's true. I was like, you know, at, at like a giant company, you have no idea what's going on. Really? So like, 
I, I, yeah, I mean, like I was sort of on this like front end JavaScript team, so I'm sure that's true, but I have no idea like what the details I've are. I've got another question that's related to that shadow thing. So, sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm working in the, the in the, like, there's a window nearby, um, mm-hmm. I'll notice that like it gets darker for a little bit and then it gets lighter again, like the, like the sun got dimmed. Is that because someone on Google Maps moved their cursor over over me and then I got a shadow? <laughs> That's right. No, specifically what's happening is you know how you like pick up the Google Maps guy to drop him? That means that somebody was uh, like hovering that over over your location. If you would look outside and the little guy and was look kicking up, his you'd feet. actually see the huge orange Google Maps guy like being dragged around by a little hand. So so you're you're responsible for the 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 thing that grabs the grappler? No, no, no. If you go into street view uh-huh. and you're like, you're like in the 3d, like, like view of the street and you're like moving your, your mouse around, there is a little like circle that will appear on the ground. Oh, that's you. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I believe that I came up with it or I implemented that's it. That's a good like idea. I, I either came up with it or a designer came up with it and I just wrote the code to, to do it. And it'll you show you it? where you click. I use where, it all the time. You, Awesome. Every yeah. time now, I'm going to think of the ordinals So you're not guy. just the ordinals guy. You're also the street view circle guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And realistically, the street view circle thing will probably be the thing that I did that like uh, uh, impacted the most people over the course of my life. That's right? kind of like, cool. Everybody's seen that circle. That's kind of cool, though, to have that kind of impact like with what you do. Right? Or no? Or is, is that just... Yeah, I think that's cool. No, it's, it's definitely cool. I mean, the reason why I left is because... Um, it's it's hard to be satisfied with working on like tiny tiny features in a huge product that you kind of feel like if you didn't do it somebody else would you know okay Um, yeah so i i quit and then uh i don't know exactly why but i started making audio reactive visuals um and i had a friend named johnny uh rest in peace johnny awesome dude tragically not with us anymore oh, sorry um, who was like oh i run this like weekly show uh in oakland it's just like a, a, a at a bar with like electronic music and like some dj's you should come do visuals for it and so i spent like 6 months um writing this visuals engine from scratch um in javascript um and like getting a projector and figuring out how i was going to so set cool. the projector up at the club yeah um and then doing this show and and that that actually sort of started me on the path to the degenerate site um the the main thing that i realized there are kind of two things that i came up with in that first visual set one is is that it had the the visuals they had a foreground and a background and i made like 16 or like eight different like scenes and you could do any combination of any scene in the foreground and any scene in the background and the thing that I learned from that was that like, if I had just made eight different like things, I would have had like eight different visuals. You know what I mean? But because I made eight different things and you could combine them, I actually had eight times eight or 36 or no, 64 different visuals. Um, and so then that was like a strategy I learned, which was like, okay, like make things that you can combine instead of making things that are standalone. Um, and then the way that the foreground and background stuff worked is that it actually worked on like inversion. Like I think you would like XOR the pixels together, which would give like this, like the foreground would invert whatever was in the background. Um, and then my next set of visuals, I just did this like image filter thing. It was very different from degenerate, but it, it relied on inversion. Like 
you would draw an X and everything inside the X would like invert the thing behind it and everything outside the X would just be left unchanged. Um, and this is like kind of technical, but inversion is a useful inversion is useful for this because it doesn't destroy any information. Like you're not just overwriting the pixels in the previous image with like a new color, you're using them. And this lets you, if you do that multiple times, that lets you build up complexity in the visual output. Um, and it also, the previous version, which was called Blaster, used the, uh, this like kind of image filter technique, but it wasn't really fully, fully fledged. And that was the combination thing. You could sort of combine all these image filters. Um, and so now Degenerate, it's like using the image filter, filter technique, but it's like fully abstracted. And the transformations that it does aren't just inversion. It's any, uh, it's any uh, invertible linear algebra operation. So it's like, it's, it's like kind of weird. You take a pixel, it's a color, you interpret it as a vector in this like, make, in this like free, free space, and you rotate it, and then you reinterpret it as a pixel. Um, and that winds up, so it's sort of like the culmination of the previous two visual sets that I, that I started doing. So it's been a long, a long progression. Yeah. Were, were you ever fascinated as, as, as uh, when you were younger, like with like uh, the, I don't know if you ever saw those, they were like, uh, I think they're like kaleidoscopes you would have, like you would have this little thing that you would hit and then it would turn mm-hmm. different things. I, I know when, when, when I used to, when I was younger, we used to do this thing where you had like, wasn't a projector, but I think it was like, I think they were like in school. They were like, uh, it's like a glass thing. Like those transparency projectors yeah. that you'd have that thing and you'd have that like, thing yeah. i don't know how they worked so you could do that too where you have like a let's say like glass or like some type of like um clear thing and then you could throw ink in there and then you could um create that kind of visual like in, in like organically i guess or whatever in the real world and um and i think there was like i think it was darren aronofsky or like somebody f- like did that as well too um oh super's leaving <laughs> See ya. I promised Car I would only Bye, stay for, the, for part of the podcast because I'm hungry and it's dinner time. Right. So I'm headed out okay. to get dinner. Thanks, Ordinals guy. Bon, bon appetit. See ya. <laughs> he said bon appetit. Thanks. Um, where are you going to go? Um, probably uh, Ricolo's Pizza. Oh, nice. Hey, can you give me a slice? Sure. Well, cool. actually, I'm getting a, um, uh, uh, what's it called? The one that you pulled it on itself. Calzone. So. Okay. We'll try to save the All right, cool. Um, sorry. <laughs> We, no worries. We, we moved into this secure, new, secure the calzone. We moved into this new lab and uh, we're right down the street from, uh, from this pizza place. And he's been, he's been talking about this calzone. Um, it's supposed to be good. We'll see. Uh, no. So like, yeah, so I know there's like, there's ways to do it like organic or like, you know, I mean, normally, I, I but like what you're how hard, how hard is it that they did visuals in the sixties is they would yeah. get like one of these projectors and they'd get ink of a bunch of different colors between two like flexible plastic, um, like, like pieces of flexible plastic. And then by just kind of wiggling it or like tapping it, you'd get this sort of like trippy display as the, the ink kind of mixed and like kind vibrated. Of cool. Itself. It's kind of cool. And then if you go to like, uh, what happened? Oh, oh, here you go. If you go to the, uh, I think it's called the, uh, it's called look at, look at what the light did now. Um, mm. gosh, I forget the musician's name. Um, but Feist, I think it's Feist. She did this thing where she went on tour 
And then she like did all of that like live mm-hmm. and she had like her own people doing it. And then it was all, it's a really cool documentary of how to like make all those things naturally. Um, mm-hmm. I know here in Austin, there's spider house. We have the spider house here and they, they kind of do what you were talking about where they have like the visual visualization for like different acts and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I always wondered, like, even like in the older days, like you would see it on Winamp, right? Like where they would have this visualization yeah. tool thing. Like, how, like how did they do that, that back then? Like, is it the same thing or is it completely different or? Um, it's the same kind of thing. I mean, like you, uh, you, you just get, you just get the audio signal and then you like just interpret that audio signal visually, you know? So like imagine an equalizer where you sort of have the different frequency levels just going up and down, right? That's a very simple kind of audio visualizer. And then if you're in a computer and you can just draw arbitrary pixels, then you can figure out like how to display that in a more interesting way. Um, and, and just like a bunch of people have experimented with different ways of, of programming those visuals. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I remember when I remember when he came back. He, he was he was everybody was really excited about the ordinals thing. I think I don't know if it was I don't know if it was the puzzle aspect to it or if it was the uh, just the how you presented it. I, I know I had talked to maybe it was Chris from Bitcoin Magazine was there. Is also he was like he was Chris uh-huh. maybe that was also excited about it too. Um, yeah, well, so there's also the like like after I sort of started doing it, I I, I realized that there's sort of like a collectible aspect to it. Yeah, so. Like, uh, you could take, you could, you could trace the history of an ordinal and see which transactions it's been in. And so, for example, like maybe you could find an ordinal, a sat that had been in the famous like pizza transaction, the first like purchase made with Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, and then I came up with a rarity system, uh, and that too started out super complicated and I made it like simpler and simpler. So like the rarity system has a few tiers. It's like a uh, common, uncommon, rare, epic, legendary, and mythic. Um, and so common sats, if it's, if, it, if it's not the first sat in the block, it's common. Like most sats are common. Uh, if it's the first sat in the block and it doesn't have any other special characteristics, it's uncommon. Um, and then if it's, you know, you know the, um, the difficulty adjustment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So every uh, two... 116 blocks, I think there's a difficulty adjustment or every two weeks weeks, uh, where the network adjusts to keep the uh, difficulty such that blocks come every uh, 10 minutes. So if the first set of that block is uh, rare, okay, and then uh, the first set of every havoc, which happens every four years, right? Oh man, that's ultra rare, right? Ultra rare. Yeah, it's epic, which is good because sometimes it's referred to as like a having epic or a epoch or a reward epoch. So the first sat of the epoch is is epic. It kind of um, reminds me of a Crypto Kitties. Do you remember Crypto Kitties? I, 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 I remember them. I didn't ever get into the, so, I didn't know, like they probably had a rarity system. Yeah, they had, they had like, a rarity system I, I to it, but it was like, it, and then they just got overwhelmed. They started doing too much. But in the beginning, it was like, literally you get this when... Mm-hmm. This thing is born, and then you spawn them together, or whatever. <laughs> then it just got ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it was that it was that was kind of cool where it had they had that rarity system to it, and like, yeah. it was a level well, so one. The nice thing is that, yeah. And then they just kept like spamming them, right? Yeah. They just flooded the market with crypto kitties. I can't create more ordinals. I don't even have any un- rare ordinals, as far as I know. Uh, so it's like it doesn't have the same 
problems with somebody manipulating the supply. Um, but then wait, this is like really cool. So the, the difficulty adjustment happens every two weeks and the having happens every four years. And usually the having and the difficulty adjustment do not happen on the same block. They're just like off kilter. So they don't happen at the same, uh, on the same block, but every, every, uh, what is it? Every six halvings or every 24 years, the having and the difficulty adjustment happen on the same block. What? Yeah. And, and I think I'm the first person to notice this because nobody has done like deranged, like numerology <laughs> with like the Bitcoin math like I have. Oh, wow. Uh, and that is a that is a legendary ordinal. Oh, wow. And there, there has not even been one legendary ordinal mined. The first one will be mined sometime in uh, 2032. So is there a place where I can go enter my public key and then get like, get it like, get it like a, basically like a Pokédex that tells me all the little things that I have? Sort of. So, <laughs> uh, so I've been working on a block explorer. Uh, it, it, it's not like we, we're still working on it. So it's only for, for Signet at the moment. But if you go to signet.ordinals.com, um, you can see all the recent blocks and then you can like click on a block and you can see all the transactions and then you can, can click on a transaction it. and see all the outputs. So and you said click si- on an si- output. signet yep. what? Signet.ordinals.com. Ordinals.com. Yeah, let's see. Whoa. Okay. So click on the first, uh, the first block. Okay. I see one zero through 18. Okay. And then those are the transactions in the block, I think. So click on zero. That'll be okay. the Coinbase transaction. Yeah. So I see two, seven, nine, one, one, and then it goes on. And, it, uh, and then it ends well, with a, I, yeah, go ahead. It, it ends with like a zero one mm-hmm. colon one or colon zero. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first output. So click on the first output colon okay. zero. Okay. Now it's going, it's breaking off even more. Uh, and now it has like see. five zero nine five six zero zero, and then it's like series of numbers, and then a comma. Then oh, actually, yeah, that's right. So those are the or, those are the ordinal ranges within the output. There are multiple ordinal ranges within this output. So click on the first uh, range. Okay, it says first. Yeah, that one that page needs work, but that's the first or, a link to the first ordinal on the page. So click on first. Wow. Yeah. So it has the number, the decimal, the degree, the name, the height. The, yeah. So you know, you know what I'm thinking now? Like just my mind's like going. It w- it does look like you're saying like almost like a universe, right? Or like you could literally I could see my I don't know I don't know who made the wallet. Have you have you seen that? It was on Twitter the other day where somebody had or maybe I imagine it, but somebody had made this thing where you like like when you set up your private keys or something, it was like a design thing where you set it up and it's like bubbles. Uh, and it's a wallet. And then this is how you choose your, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the output picker, it's like almost picking from a pile of coins to make a transaction. Right. Yeah. So like I could see that, like basically this, right. Where it's like, like almost like you zoom in more and then it, it almost like Google earth, dude. <laughs> like it, it, is, it is kind of like that. Like this, there's like, this is like, it lets you click into an output, right? When normally the output is kind of like the end, it adds more detail within an output. Man, have you talked to Wiz about this? I don't think so. I've heard of Wiz. He's a like a Twitter Bitcoiner. 
Uh, he's 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 with Mempool. Or he's he he contributes to Mempool. I just talked to him in in, um, uh, in Nashville a, a few a few weeks ago. He would. There's no doubt in my mind. He would he would look at this and be like, "Hey, there's something to it." Uh, it would be cool to get like his perspective on it. Um, oh yeah, for sure. I'll yeah. definitely bring love, it up to I him. I love Mempool.space. I would. Love yeah, yeah. It. I mean, I I wouldn't recommend they add it now because it's all really rough and beta. But eventually, if they had like an ordinals mode where you yeah, can go and where click you can in, go yeah. in and click on it and then go even more, and it's almost like a like a Google. I don't know. It's like a universe, right? Especially if it looked cool. Like it would be. Well, so and then there's also like you saw the name attribute here. Let me see. Name. Yeah. Yeah. So what's that? So uh, each ordinal. So I just take the number and then I uh, map it to a series of the digits A through Z. Mm. So. So like try like in, in the in the URL bar it has like the ordinal slash and then the number. Try replacing the number with like a word. Any word? Uh A through Z, uh ten characters or less. Okay, let me just type in um I don't know, Satoshi. See what that does. Oh wow, it came up with Satoshi. Yeah, <laughs> That's so, so every cool ordinal maps to a name. So if you wanted to use it as like a weird username system for bitcoiners you could get like your username ordinal yeah, and then I... assign it to a key and then people would like you people could see which utxo that was in and thus get your public key from from the address of the utxo and then they could like send you encrypted messages or you could sign That's challenges so to cool, prove dude. that you owned it yeah i just typed in thriller x and then it came up oh nice yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. so cool I mean, where, which which uh what's the What's the block height on Thriller X? The block height. Okay, I see the number, yeah, the just, decimal, the degree. Oh, the height. Okay, there it goes. Uh, 1882580. So the problem is, is that's probably like, what's the current, uh, what's the current block height? Yeah, so the current block height is, is 750,000. Oh, wow. So the Thriller X ordinal will probably not be mined for like, decades to come oh that's in the future oh is that in the future what'd you say the height was right now seven what Seven hundred and fifty thousand. Oh, okay so this is going to come in the future what what how how big is it like is it in the millions or um, the height the height it just says uh okay hang on. let me do my math here i'm terrible at math yeah one million eight hundred eighty two thousand five hundred one million eight hundred eighty two okay yeah so it's probably coming in it's going to be a while. So the, the <laughs> names things had a has a weird thing behind it. So yeah. originally I made it so that um, like the zeroth ordinal was A and then the first ordinal was B and then they went up and got longer as the ordinals got bigger. However, um, with that scheme, all of the good short names were mined in the Genesis block. Because the Genesis block mined 5 billion sats. And that's like a ton of these names, like all the way up to like nine characters are all oh, in really? the oh, wow. Genesis block. Yeah. And then the other thing is that the Genesis block, the Coinbase reward of the Genesis block cannot be spent due to a bug in Bitcoin's code. So it would mean that all of those really good names are locked inside of um, the Genesis block. And so I didn't, I didn't want that. So I reversed it so that the names <laughs> go from very long yeah. strings of characters to shorter and shorter and shorter. Um, like if you go to ordinal zero, 
if you just, instead of a name in the URL bar, you put zero, uh-huh. you'll see like where they start. And it's like NV, like, Oh something. wow. Yeah. I see it. N-V-T-D-I-J-U-W-X-L-P. Rarity yeah. is but mythic. But you can find, what's that? <laughs> the rarity says mythic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, the, cool. that's the ultimate. The first uh, sat of the Genesis block is mythic and no other sat has that rarity tier. Yeah. That's kind of cool, man. That's really cool. I So uh, what's what are the next steps to to doing to doing this? Like, Because it would be cool, like... If you, if I wanted to go buy this ordinal or like get a hold of it somehow, um, yes. So everything is being developed in the open. Like I wrote a bib, but it, I mean it doesn't have a bib number. But if you go to GitHub.com/slash/KC/slash/ORD, that's the repo that has everything in it. So the bib has a full spec, uh-huh. and then we're working on two things right now. We're working on the block explorer, which is sort of like or the ordinals explorer, which you sort of were. That's the page that you're clicking through. And I think that's really important because it makes things real for people. Like I can sort of describe things, but if you can't like click on blocks and transactions, you maybe don't like believe that it works or don't understand how it works or don't kind of get how it works. But the block explorer is like important for making it concrete. Um, And then the ordinals, you watched the presentation at BTC++. Did you, did you kind of get catch the part of the presentation about how they move from UTXO to UTXO? I didn't get that far now. Okay, so it's really simple. So mm-hmm. uh, each transaction, each Bitcoin transaction has a list of inputs. And each input is a UTXO that's being spent and a list of outputs. And each output is the UTXO that's going to be created. And each UTXO, each input and output has a value in Satoshi's. So imagine that the outputs are like these lists, all the outputs together are these like slots for ordinals. Each Satoshi has a little slot and you just go through all of the ordinals and the inputs from first to last and you assign each one to the next slot in the outputs. So let's say you had an input that had three sat that was worth three sats and it had ordinals X, Y, and Z. And you had one output worth one sat and one output worth two sats. The first output would get ordinal X and the second output would get ordinal Y and Z. So you literally just go through the ordinals of the inputs and assign them to each output in in order according to how many. Yeah, dude, it it sounds so, like it sounds like you have, like how did I have so many questions? Like, how does your mind think first? And then it's just like, how do you like? Do you see the numbers in your head, Casey? Like when you're doing this, or like <laughs> like no, no, seriously, like how does that work in your head? I'm trying, like I'm like I don't. Yeah. So, so the the yeah, I mean, I guess one thing yeah like i guess if you do a lot of programming you are sort of used to visualizing you get better and better at visualizing abstract things you know um like you know uh when i think about a transaction um like a bitcoin transaction i actually have a way that i kind of visualize it as this like card and the 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 inputs are written on the left side of the card and the outputs are written on the right side of the card and so I can kind of visualize it in terms of those, those like uh, visual metaphors, you know, wow. in your head. Um, and I think I think a lot of programmers do this. And actually, so uh, do you have multiple I, screens I, too, where you <laughs> like go side, like you have multiple screens in your head, like where you can go like across and stuff, like almost like Minority yeah, Report, yeah, where yeah, you're yeah. like, 
So I actually, so I, I have a podcast and I, we've actually been doing, we did a couple episodes called Craft Store Bitcoin, where I try to explain how the Bitcoin network works and how the Lightning network works in terms of literally stuff I got from a crafting store. And so uh, in the episode, I actually write things. I actually made it. It's very similar to how I think about it. Uh, we got like round pieces of cardboard and those are outputs. I kind of think of UTXOs as being like coins. And so they're like round to me. Um, and then transactions, I got these pieces of these cards and like wrote down the inputs and the outputs on these like cards. And we kind of walked through like creating a transaction, validating a transaction, adding and removing things from the UTXO set with these like visual metaphors, which are very much similar to the way that I think about them. And probably most, most people who do a lot of development have their own like visual metaphors that they use to, to understand things. Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. That you can just, yeah, just name off all these different numbers. I think my, my biggest problem that I have <laughs> is like, I'm, I'm more of a, a visual guy. Like I have a lot of images in my head and it's, it's hard for me. Mm -hmm. Like my biggest problem is hard. It's hard. I see, I see like different things, like as far as like, they got like art and like music, I can see music and what it looks like in my head and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But like when it, um, when it comes to like communicating that from my head to like spoken language, I suck. Uh -huh. and that's why yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I can, I can explain how I'm feeling by showing you like a I can draw something to show you that's how I feel as opposed uh -huh. to like explaining how I feel, if that makes any sense. Maybe, maybe you should learn how to program. It might give you another, uh, like, an, and like, I mean, cause programming is all about translating some ideas in your head to something else, uh, to some form, be it like a visual form or whatever. Um, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. it's a lot of fun. I do a I little web design like stuff, but not, not too much. Kind of thinker. Yeah. Do a little bit of web design like, I don't, stuff, but not too much. Either. I don't think I don't think about numbers at all. Like I don't really think about like I'm not like really a numbers guy. You know, I think about when I think about an ordinal, I don't think about it as a string of digits. I think about it as like, you know, like a little colored stone that is a different color from all the other stones or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Man. That's kind of cool. Do you think, do you think it'll, do you think, do you think other Bitcoiners, like all the Bitcoiners that you've talked to, have they been developers that you've mostly told this? Like has, has, has anybody besides me, that's like a normal Bitcoiner, that's not a developer, like been interested in it too as well? Is there, are there more people like Def that? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Uh, so like I live in, uh, I live in the Bay area. I live in Emeryville, which is like a tiny city between mm -hmm. Oakland and Berkeley in the Bay area. Um, and I go to a ton of meetups. The the Bay Area Bitcoin meetups are like super strong. Um, nice. And yeah, I basically will talk to ordinals about anybody who will listen to me. So I've talked to a ton of normal Bitcoiners. And I actually think that's one of the strengths that ordinals has is that it's actually very simple. And so you can sort of understand how the details work, even if you're not a programmer. Um, so like, uh, for example, you know, Taro, the Taproot Asset Representation Overlay that yeah. Lightning Labs is working on? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome project. I, I hope they do incredible things. Like Ordinals is not a competitor to it at all. Wait, um, would it be though? But it's well, so they're How? kind of optimized for different things. Like Ordinals, I've always optimized it for making art, for making art and collectibles and like this collectible sats thing. Um, you would have a hard time if you wanted to do stable coins, for example. Um, like for one problem is is that the 
minimum value of a thing kind of has to be more than the value of one sat because each ordinal is one sat. So if you send somebody an ordinal, you're sending them the ordinal and whatever it represents, but you're also sending them one sat worth of value. So if you want to do a stable coin and you want to have like a high divisibility stable coin that has a stable value, that might not really work because a single ordinal might be too big, right? Let's say you want to have a stable coin and you want to have be able to transfer like one thousandth of a dollar. Um, maybe a sat is going to be more than one thousandth of a dollar eventually. And so it's not going to like work. And then also like if you want to send somebody like, let's say you had like ordinals, USDO, uh, <laughs> ordinal USD or whatever. Um, you would like for it's each great name. You, for each ordinal USD, I think it should be OUSD. For each OUSD, <laughs> you would have to have like one sat. So you'd be like these blocks of sats that you'd be like, it, it just gets kind of cumbersome. Um, whereas with, with Tarot, which is Lightning Labs' thing, uh, each, you can have any number of any number of assets within a single UTXO. And it doesn't matter what the size of the UTXO is. Um, so, you know, you could have like a billion uh, yeah. tarot USD in like one output that was only like a thousand sats. Yeah, it's um, kind of weird. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. But the thing about the thing about tarot is that it's very complicated um, mm-hmm. and not to like this is not me throwing shade at it. I think the, co- the complexity, it buys you a lot of features, but it's very hard for uh, a non-developer to understand. Mm-hmm. Whereas a non-developer can totally understand uh, ordinals, especially if you have the block explorer and you can just click into transactions and see like, oh, okay, I guess these are the ordinals in there and like click on the ordinals in the ranges. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It it actually makes, like, yeah, it just makes, it makes it more complete, I guess. It, it, it feels like, feels real, more real, I guess. I don't know. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, seeing things and interacting with them makes it makes it real, you know, um, like a lot of the time, if I read some spec or a, con- a new concept, um, I don't really understand how it works. I actually need to play with it a little bit and like, write some code or something that uses it. And then eventually, I'm like, okay, then it's like real. Or if somebody, you know, for example, like, there's this great website called Learn Me a Bitcoin, which is a Bitcoin educational website about like, how transactions work and how private keys work. And they have all these like visual uh, like animations and stuff of transactions and private keys. And seeing that kind of thing makes those things so much more real. You know, you're like, something can be abstract and then you see an image and you're like, oh, okay, I get it now. Like, no problem. Yeah. yeah, I think I think for me that the whole tarot thing, and then we'll kind of zip that up, but like the whole tarot thing for me is like kind of like what you just said, like you could have like, I don't know, different types of tokens and it's just like a thousand sats. And it'd be fun if it was like just for fun. But if they're trying to attach like a monetary amount to it, it's going to be kind well, of I weird. Think, yeah. I mean, I think the thing about tarot is that um, like I look forward to hyper Bitcoinization. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expect that hyper Bitcoinization is coming. It's going to be great. Until then, a lot of people are in sort of financial regimes where they need, they just want to do business, you know? And right now for those people, Bitcoin doesn't seem to be the best choice. They, they want stable stores of value. Yeah. And that's why things like USDT are so popular. Um, and they use, they use USDT Tether on like the shittiest shit coins you can imagine. Like they're on like Tron, like Tether <laughs> on Tron yeah. is, is, is moving billions of dollars of value a day. Um, 
So I, I don't see Tarot as an upgrade over Bitcoin. Tarot is an upgrade over USDT on Tron, essentially. Yeah. And, and for a lot of reasons, I think it's probably bringing that to Bitcoin is probably good for, very yeah. good for Bitcoin. Yeah. What do you think about, did you see the news this week about the Galoi and then the Fetty stuff that happened a couple of weeks ago? Like, what do you think about all that Definitely. stuff? Since we're talking about oh, stable yeah, coins sure. and yeah. stuff. I wrote, I actually wrote a blog post a long time ago about the, for, so first Fetty, um, about the lightning, um, Chamian mints on lightning. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm very, very positive, positive about it. Um, it's basically a way that anybody can operate a Bitcoin bank that is very private. The bank doesn't know anything about what the customers are doing and has, it's still trusted, but it's less than trusting a single person. You, you basically trust a multi-sig and like, for example, three out of five people have to betray you in order to take your money. Um, and those are called like, like federated or federated Chamian, Chamian mints. And again, it's, it's not an upgrade over like self-sovereign Bitcoin. It's an upgrade over, um, for example, a wallet of Satoshi, right? This very easy to use great wallet. custodial lightning, <laughs> great wallet. I yeah. love the wallet. And like, I, so wish I, I wish it wasn't the case, but whenever I'm telling somebody about Bitcoin for the first time, I have them download wallet of Me Satoshi too. and I send them. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't like, you can't have it like. The alternative to Wallet of Satoshi, people think, is like being a self-sovereign Bitcoiner. But actually, the alternative to Wallet of Satoshi is people never using Bitcoin in the first place mm -hmm. and using PayPal. And so I view... Um, or Robinhood or something a, like that, yeah. Yeah. I view Fediment as being a huge upgrade over Wallet of Satoshi. All of a sudden, anybody can run their own bank. It's more private. It's less trusted, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not like competing with being like managing your own keys. If you're already managing your own keys, then like fabulous, like keep doing that. Um, it's for people who maybe can't manage their own keys, doing small value, trans value transactions, want to get on the Lightning Network, but can't have their own channels. Um, it's, for, it's for people like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I can't wait to see what that, what that turns into. Um, and then the Galoi thing. What do you think about the Galoi stable sets? What a great name. I <laughs> Like yeah, I think that's also absolutely sick. I think it's awesome. Um, and I, I, I actually have also, I've been talking about that in other contexts for a while. Like I pinged somebody famous, not at Beloy, and I was like, hey, like, could you do this? Like, maybe you should do this. Um, and so it's, it's actually finally happening. Yeah, I think that's great. It's like you want to, somebody wants to have a Bitcoin wallet and they also want to have a, a USD balance or they want to have some balance that's stable. And so... What you do, what the wallet provider does is they go, um, they like, like, let's say you have like, you want to have a hundred dollar balance. So you take $100 from your Bitcoin wallet, however many sats that is, and put that into your stable wallet. And then Galoi, in this case, they go, they don't buy USD and they don't sell your Bitcoin. They go short Bitcoin. So if the value of the bit of that $100 worth of Bitcoin goes down, they get the difference, right? If it goes down to $50, then that short contract pays them out $50. And so um, they can keep, from the customer's perspective, the customer always has uh, this $100 of stable purchasing power, but it's actually backed by Bitcoin plus a short and the value of that Bitcoin and the short are going up and down, but they, they should add up to 
the purchasing power. So the customer always has that stable purchasing power. I think it's, I think it's, that's, such a, that's it's the best another, explanation I've heard of it so far. Um, yeah. So, so do they cash out that, that purchasing power immediately or do they like, what happens with that? Well, the other cool thing. Yeah. So the, the, the purchasing power, like the amount that they have, the hundred dollars, that's always backed by Bitcoin, right? Uh, when the when it goes down to fifty, with Bitcoin goes cut, the value gets cut in half. They get all this Bitcoin from the short, so that means that they're actually they can use the the the, the value, the purchasing power, but they can spend it as Bitcoin. They're always able to spend a hundred dollars of Bitcoin or send a hundred dollars of Bitcoin on the Lightning Network because it's always backed by um, by Bitcoin, which is really cool because it sort of uses the dollar. You know the three traditional forms of money. There, um, like rolls of money, is um, medium of exchange, store of value, and unit of account. And so, this Bitcoin already is a good store of value, but with stable sats and projects like it, it can be an even better um, medium of exchange because it still uses the dollar as the unit of account. In a lot of ways, the unit of account roll of money, which is like what we price things in, is probably the last. Thing that Bitcoin is going to take over. It takes a lot for people to stop thinking in dollars and start thinking in Bitcoin. So this kind of creates a wallet where you can use Bitcoin as the medium of exchange without using it as the unit of account. And, and obviously, this is not an upgrade over self-sovereign Bitcoin because this is like in an exchange, you've got uh, like technical risk from the, the short. You have to trust the people who are selling the short. You've got additional risk over holding your own Bitcoin. But for somebody who's on an exchange or has a custodial wallet, this is a great way that they can preserve their purchasing power and also still stay on the Bitcoin network. They can pay in Bitcoin, they can receive in Bitcoin. Um, and to their point of view, they're just sending and receiving like purchasing power in dollars, as opposed to something like Tether, where if you have a Tether balance, you can't just send yeah. that as Bitcoin, right? Yeah, yeah you don't know so where I think, it's... I think it's really cool. Yeah, you don't know where it's at or like, it's supposedly, right? It's like a... Yeah, that's interesting. Well, Oh, go yeah, ahead. like you don't. Well, it's not about the tether might not be backed. That's like a separate issue. Maybe the tether isn't backed. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. But it's just that, like, you can't send tether on Bitcoin. Like, even if it's worth a hundred dollars, mm. you can't send that to somebody who gives you a Bitcoin address. But with stable sats, you can. You somebody gives you an invoice for fifty bucks. You pay it. From your point of view, your account goes down fifty dollars, and from their point of view, they just re- receive fifty dollars at that current conversion rate. That's so cool. Yeah. Do you think they'll? Sick. Do you think they'll? Well, are they gonna? Are they gonna introduce? Are they gonna introduce it into their the the Bitcoin Beach Wallet? Is that where it's gonna go first, or how is that gonna work? Do we know? Isn't so Bitcoin? Isn't Bitcoin Beach like separate, or are they oh, doing okay. something with Galois? I thought it was. I thought it was. I need to ask. Talk to Nick. We have Nick in town who works for Galois. I want to talk mm-hmm. to him about it, but he's out of town. Um, mm. Yeah, I want to know more how like that's gonna work. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think, and this is I think this is the power of Bitcoin. It's all these different people are doing different things and they all like they they all support each other because they're all making the bitcoin network and the bitcoin currency stronger like somebody comes up with something and then somebody else comes up with something and not only is each thing cool on its own but they they work together you know yeah it's a competition um, <laughs> like like one yeah. thing about like uh like one nice thing about ordinals is because ordinals are in you transfer them just with normal bitcoin transactions you can secure them with a hardware wallet. 
you can do multi-sig, you can do time locks, you can do all the other constructs, Bitcoin network transaction constructs, um, because they're not like a totally separate thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So much fun stuff going on right now in the space. Is there, is there, I feel like the amount of fun has increased like over the last like six months or a year? Yeah, it has. Like the, 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 the price has gone down, but I'm like, it's gotten more, it's gotten, it's gotten, it's a lot, it's a lot better than where it was six months ago, I think, just as far as like yeah. the fun level and what people are doing now. It's like really cool. It's, it's that summertime, yeah. man. Like last year around summertime, there were so many cool projects coming out. And uh, mm. this year's just, there's even more this summer. Uh, I can't wait to see like what else is getting built out there that we don't know about. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And lightning is like, like I've actually been using lightning a surprising amount, like to pay back friends. Like I got my hairstylist to uh, like download a lightning wallet <laughs> and I pay her in with, yeah, every time. And then uh plug for Phoenix wallet, which is a, have you ever used, it's, it's just a great, like, uh, full lightning node on your phone and you like can go in and you can see your channels on your phone. Uh, so it feels like, and then like all these cool lightning projects, like uh, stacker news, right. is like awesome. And then all these other things that like interoperate with lightning, like, like so much cool stuff. Yeah. I, I met, I met a uh, Evan uh, who made Zeus uh, uh, a few weeks ago in Nashville. That was cool. I was just like, dude, I love Zeus so much. It's amazing. <laughs> and then it was kind of cool too. Cause that was my first time meeting him. And, uh, like uh-huh. got, to, got to know him a little bit. And I was like, dude, your, your personality, your spirit is in this app. Like I can, I can feel it. Like it's kind of cool now. <laughs> He's like, what do you use awesome. it for a car? And I was like, I use it for all the, all the sats that come in. It's just like streaming all day, uh, from uh-huh. like podcasting 2.0 and stuff. And he was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's yeah. so, so many you, cool much, developers. Do you make, how much money do you make on, well, I mean, I don't want to dox your finances, but. Do you, do you make a reasonable amount on, uh, on podcasting 2.0? It's, it's enough to where like, if I, let's just say it like this, it, it's, it's enough to where like, if, if somebody's not, um, having a podcast right now and like, and it's podcasting and you know, and they're not, or somebody has a podcast and it's not set up with podcasting 2.0, they're leaving a mm-hmm. lot of sets on the table. And then on, mm-hmm. and also I would say like, it's enough to where I, I don't know if I should be buying Bitcoin at this point anymore. If that makes oh, any cool. sense. So where it's, it's like, like you're DCA via podcasting 2.0. Yeah. And, and it's because of like RHR and like TFTC, like has nothing to do with like thriller, but like we get some, but like uh-huh. it's from the, it's from like the cut that I get from those guys. So it's, uh, oh, nice. it's nice. It's like, and it's just going to increase Casey. Like it's just going to go even further. Um, For sure. Yeah. And that's, that's where it's like, it's, you, it, I can see a point, honestly, I could honestly see a point where you literally have people that their whole job is to like, you know, produce podcasts and they're taking like 25 or 50 or whatever the cut yeah. is and yeah. they just give off yeah. a portion to the people. And then like, that's how they fully function yeah. their business. Right. And that's going to, that's, yeah, I, I can that. see that happening in the next five years. Yeah. Pay people who work for you. Right. It's like, yeah. Okay. Like. I'm, I'm a host, you're a host and we got a producer and we're all going to go like 33% on this and, and just whatever comes in, we buy podcasting 2.0, we can do the split. Yeah. It's, it's, it, yeah. So if you have a pot, what's your, what's the name of your podcast again? Uh, it's called the hell money podcast. Nice. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So hell money is if you ever see in, um, if you ever seen in like a, a 
usually like a Chinese home or a Chinese business. They'll have uh, little shrines, including like uh, some candles and some incense and some like, uh, and then, so those are all like gifts to the, to the dead, to their like ancestors. And so one thing that they also sometimes do is they'll have paper that's like printed to look like money, like fake paper money, and they'll burn it as a gift to their ancestors. Oh. And that's called Hell Money. So that's the name of the podcast. Wow, the podcast. that's so cool. What do you guys talk yeah. about on there? Do y'all talk about like lightning stuff and everything like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's really random. I do it with um, my friend uh, Aaron, who I actually met at a Bay Area Bitcoin meetup. Um, she's super smart. She's not a dev, but she's a like a Berkeley PhD. Um, and we talk about Bitcoin. We talk about like the culture of Bitcoin. And also since I'm a dev like technology stuff and I like force, force Aaron to listen to me while I like explain how like Bitcoin works. And she's like, Oh, fine. Oh, uh, man, and, like the lightning network and stuff like that. I can't wait to listen to it. I'm going to go and listen to it. Cause uh, I'm, I always like developer podcasts. Yeah, they just, they're just more, uh, they're just more knowledgeable about things. <laughs> well, well, maybe look, maybe look at my podcast before you give me that compliment. Okay. Well, we'll t- I'll check it out. I'll check it out. What, um, so do you have that set up with podcasting 2.0? Yeah, I think I, yeah, it's on like, it's on like YouTube. It's on, if you go to hellpodcast.money. Yeah. Hellpodcast.money. Let that's see. our, uh, hellpodcast.domain. Hell. Let me check it out on, on fountain. I think we had, last time I checked, we had like 900 sats. Um, Oh, oh damn. Wow. We have, we have, 2,700 sats now. 2,773 sats on uh, on Fountain. Wow, dude. That's an awesome cover. We'll link it in the show notes and everything. And uh, I will... <laughs> yeah, look at this. I'm going to follow it on Twitter. That's so awesome. Oh, damn. Somebody boosted. Yeah. Oh, this is... So- <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> this is amazing. It's it's oh, so cool. What is shell? You found <laughs> What's that? images that could that could be album covers. <laughs> and then it's like a shell. It's like a shell. Oh guessing. yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Aaron's in charge of the of the Twitter account. Oh, is she? Yeah, you, that should yeah. totally be your that should totally be your cover art. So clean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, Thank you for coming on Thriller, man. Like this is uh Dude, it's awesome. My my pleasure. I listened to the um the 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 episode with Super Testnet uh and I was like they're talking about they're talking about ordinals and it was a dope <laughs> episode. So I was like, got it, got it. Got to talk to Car. Yeah. Uh what was I going to say? Uh yeah, if you ever come to Austin, man, you got to swing by Pub Lab and like maybe do an Ordinals workshop. Bitbox Boom. Oh, you are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to do a ordinals workshop during Bitbox Boom? Let's at the do it. Lab? Yeah, because we're trying. Yeah, to, I'm, we're trying to because we just moved into this new space. We're trying to get all the furniture here and everything. And um, but what we want to do is like start doing workshops in here, like you know, just like an hour workshop and let invite everybody whoever wants to come in. And like it would be cool, like if you did an ordinals workshop, you get super to do like a Noster workshop, get our other friends to do you know some core lightning stuff. Like it would it'll be. Uh, I think it like this is what it's here for, you know. Yeah, dude, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So we're, the the main obstacle to using ordinals right now is that in order to move them around, you've got to do these like weird transactions. Like, because if you just do a normal Bitcoin transaction with a Bitcoin wallet, for example, you might pay your rare ordinal as fees and then it would go to the miner. Oh. 
So we're working on the wallet uh, furiously. Uh, but once the wallet is out, then it will be possible to like have like an ordinal wallet and then like move funds into it and like just move the ordinals around and like send the ordinals to other people. Yeah, that's so dope. I can't wait. When do you think? So hopefully that will be done gonna, by yeah. that. Maybe it'll be done by by Bitblock Boom. Who knows? What? That'd be amazing. Yeah, I, I can't wait till you uh, meet the rest of the people here. You, yeah, the, some big brains here. So you'll 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 fit right in. <laughs> I can't wait. I love it's it. gonna be awesome. Well, uh, I'll see you next time, Casey. Thank you so much for coming on. And um, do you have anything else? Uh, no, I don't think so. Ordinals.com. Uh, helppodcast.money, you know? Helppodcast.money. Everybody check it out. I'll, I'll link it here in the show notes. And then I guess if, if you want to follow me, I'm on like everything is uh, Rodamore, R-O-D-A-R-M-O-R on all the all the platforms. Boss. Can't wait. And I guess in some way Jack, let it go.